0: Don't go home, stay on night, don't go
1: home, stay on I don't go home, stay with me
2: till home. Hey everybody, this is Nate. And this is Justin. From Pertnere Sandstone. And you're listening to Road to Blue Ox. Uh, Hello, Nate, I'm in Minneapolis. Are you in... I'm here in the sweltering heat of Southern California right now, and wildfire season has begun, and wishing I were back in Minneapolis with y'all.
3: Man, I wish you were here too, because that means we could play music together, which we haven't done in, hmm, well, since the uh, Virtual Blue Ox in June. I haven't seen you since then.
2: Feels like ages ago, we were last in in the company of the band, and our van is slowly being pieced apart by thieves, I think. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yep. For all those out there uh, living in Minneapolis and St. Paul, you know that catalytic converters are being stolen left and right.
2: Also, if you're in the thieving business and you happen to have an extra catalytic converter, please be in touch with us.
3: Yeah, we'll pay whatever <laughs> um, black market value is for that right now. Because we're not touring and playing music, we have even less money than we We might before. have to trade
2: you for vinyl.
3: <laughs> Which has arrived.
2: We now have our, our new album, Rising Tide, is available on our store at CD Baby and on our website. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun being actually at the Whispering Pines campground, playing music with you guys. We played every song off our new album, plus some extras over the course of those two days, and I'm really glad that that whole virtual festival worked out and able to take the opportunity to continue doing virtual festivals now with a select smaller audience at the Whispering Pines, a little series of virtual Blue Ox music festivals, so we're Looking forward to one this next weekend. So you'll be hearing this as the festival's approaching. It'll be broadcast again on YouTube and Facebook.
3: Yeah, we got a good solid lineup. Basically some Blue Ox regulars and people we know and love are going to be stopping by the Whispering Pines campground next weekend. Um, Our good friends Feeding Leroy from Duluth, them Cooley Boys, Eau Claire favorites, Mm -hmm. Charlie Parr, Chicken Wire Empire, and uh, this podcast will highlight... And hand grenades. We're going to be talking to Adam gruel here in a bit. He has been doing a lot of fishing, isolating that way, which has got to be one of the best ways to isolate and quarantine during COVID is on a river or a stream, the peaceful solace of throwing a fly.
2: I'm sure there's so many people taking up fishing these days. I know that the Audubon Society amateur birder membership has just gone through the roof this year.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I work at a bar that is right next to a bike shop. And I have never in my life seen a bike shop as busy as the one next door to us. Oh, yeah. They're constantly working and there are people dusting off old bicycles. And what have you been doing,
2: Nate? Stealing catalytic converters and... (laughs) I've been riding my bike, actually, quite a bit. My uh, Minnesota Surly, I've been pedaling my cross-checker all over North Hollywood here, running errands and exercising along the L.A. River.
3: That scenic, glorious river. The only real images I have of the L.A. River are from, like, Terminator 2 when they are car chase it's all concrete and it just kind of it's
2: exactly like that actually it's funny that you mentioned terminator because a week and a half ago there was a high-speed chase that ended with a flipped over car involved in like four smashed up vehicles that it had clipped on the side of the road directly outside of my apartment it's very much like terminator here (laughs) yeah (laughs)
3: post-apocalyptic hellscape (laughs)
2: Yeah, I took a nice little vacation to the Sierra Nevada mountains. My annual backpacking trip, uh, my wife and I and did a little fly fishing, did a little hiking. So it was certainly a well-needed rejuvenation of my spirit.
3: Yeah, it's it's hard to find that stuff. And really, gloriously, we turned to nature for it. And I I broadened our family circle up. Um, my mom lives near Lake Superior in, in Wisconsin. And uh, we just agreed to meet and just basically open up and, and we'd stay with her. And then i drive up to the lake, just usually by myself. I go into Duluth and swim in that lake, man. And I can't tell you how great that is, that cool water. Just like, oh man, yeah, it's so relaxing. And it just like brings me back down to earth, you know, because like the shock of the cold water mm-hmm. and, and then like centers you and grounds my mind. I don't know. I need it. I need to get back up there again. But. You know, things that'll have to be this fall when I'm trying to teach a kindergartner from home.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, oh my God. maybe you can teach him from Duluth.
3: Well, I mean, that's part of the beauty of it is I can get out of here with him. And and as long as the internet connection's decent at my mom's, I can school him up there and we can have that nature. Yeah. They live in 75 acres of woods as well, so I can isolate. and.
2: Oh my gosh, that sounds really lovely. It's a very strange time just in general, this pandemic time frame has just been a prolonged stagnation in so many ways. And it's just—it's evident on people's faces as you walk around the block. Sometimes if I'm in a
3: good mood and I'm biking down the road, I'll even have a tinge of guilt if I have a smile across my face. I'm like, somebody's going to be like, what the hell is he so happy about? You know, <laughs> it's the end of the world, man. <laughs>
2: Uh yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we are able to put out a new album. I'm glad the vinyls being sent around the world. I'm, I'm doing my darndest to write new songs and keep myself occupied. And it's one of the few things I'm good at. So <laughs> it keeps my spirit strong.
3: I'm going to buckle down too and really start to try and write some more as well. One thing to my brother-in-law, he, he loves playing covers and um, I played some music with him, and I realized that if I can't write my own tunes, I might as well just learn a tune that I love.
2: And that might inspire you to tap into your own thing?
3: Exactly, or just like a mix-up, you know, to just shake it up a little. Yeah, more.
2: yeah. I've been teaching my wife guitar, so it's prompted me to take up playing the guitar quite a bit more again, and that's, you know, you come up with accidental, it's like, I guess that's why I have a stack of instruments next to me right now. It's like I can just sort of choose one and f- fumble around until I land into something I like, and maybe that's, that's maybe my strategy of songwriting.
3: Oh, that's a good strategy though, I mean, really.
2: When you're musically atrophied or you don't have an idea begging your attention, you can create something out of the void. So I guess that's my solution to writer's block. Well, let's jump into some music. We'll listen to a part of a track from Wisconsin Homestead heroes, Armchair Boogie, who will be playing at the festival on Saturday. This is from their album, What Does Time Care?, a track called All My Friends.
1: There's a pile of rocks sitting at the corner of the field. I find myself atop of those stones. I'm feeling all sorts of feels. There's arrows of light shining down from the heavens. Shining so bright and so loud that it must have hit my dang old head in the ground. That's the way it goes after a night like that. Yeah, last thing I remember, I was plucking the banjo. We were having all sorts of laughs. I would do that to myself. Why would I drink my night away? Oh, yeah, that's right. All my friends, they told me to do it. All my friends. Some sort of way to get on with my day and forget where my troubles are at, and buy me over for dinner. Invite my woman too. Give me a plate of baked beans, tater salad, and too much barbecue. To All my friends told me to do it. I know they might seem like a bad.
3: I should mention also that I'm going to be emceeing these things. And next weekend, I'll be, I'll be down there in Eau Claire playing host. And uh, welcoming all of our guests to the stage and to the campgrounds and actually be speaking to an audience, live audience in front of us, which is going to be cool and weird, but really probably just uplifting, you know?
2: Yeah, so there's, for those people listening who maybe are not aware, there is a limited amount of tickets released for the festival grounds that were uh, solicited to a very local community of Blue Ox fans. I know they're going to have all the precautions in place. They're going to have spray painted zones on the concert ground for people.
3: Yeah, this is kind of a test drive to see how it goes and if it works well and everybody kind of abides by the by the rules and the uh, proposed regulations around the campground, then we'll do it again in September and October just to you know help carry Blue Ox forward because we obviously had to cancel this year's entire event and, and Lost a ton of money, and I uh, was trying to recoup some of that while also giving fans an experience that they long for, you know, and that we all have been waiting to do for months and months
2: absolutely so
3: hopefully it goes well (laughs) and hopefully everybody stays safe and healthy during and after Uh, if you are attending and you and it turns out that you don't feel good definitely don't come and I'm sure the bishops can work out something with you because we don't need any sick
2: people rolling around there yep you can watch for free at home on Facebook and YouTube again that festival is this weekend August 28th and 29th so if you're hearing this ahead of time uh, make sure you tune in I think it'll also be archived, such like our album release virtual festival show from June.
3: Oh, yeah. And I want to give a shout out to everybody who's been tuning in to rebroadcasts of sets from years past. That's been fun to see some of the sets that have, have been going up.
2: Jamgrass TV, they do just such good work with all that video. The audio is superb, so... Shout out to those guys. It's it's really nice to have that as a distraction little times that were and the times that will be.
3: We're trying to keep this normal while also being honest with ourselves about how it's completely abnormal. Um, but hey, any kind of shred mm-hmm. of normalcy will help us all get through this and let's just hope that we can all stay safe until we figure out how to how to beat this COVID business.
2: As you may know, our European tour was canceled this summer. We had an extensive route all over the Netherlands and Germany planned, and I'd like to listen to a segment of a track from Chicken Wire Empire right now, who released an album live from Deutschland, so they can project us there sonically. This is from a song of theirs called Joe Eddy.
4: I learned long ago about the cold wind and the snow and how a man's heart gets kicked around. My mama told me why. She said, son, you play too much. Find a good girl and settle down. Find a good girl and settle down. I took young Linda Jane. She was pretty, but still plain. Put a gold ring on her hand. I said, baby, please, as I got down on my knees, I'll be the best man you've ever had. Be the best man. the road. As I came on late one night A shadow ran in the pale moonlight Of a man that I know Of a man's name was Joe I burned that building down, raised my fist. Then I saw my son, said, Daddy, please don't swang. To me, you're everything. Let's back our bags.
3: up we're going to talk to adam gruel of horseshoes and hand grenades a band that has been to blue ox every year and has uh, always has a good camp stakeout in the backstage area where they're kind of greeters for us you know and pert has uh less of a headquarters backstage because we're always busy running around doing this and that and uh, I always like how Horseshoes is just staked up and, and Babe the Blue Ox, their their big tour bus is always uh, right backstage and you can always count on them to go back there and have a drink with them and BS. They're always up jamming too. They're a big part of Blue Ox and we're happy to have Adam on this podcast and he's a busy guy too man. We'll, we'll get into it with him but he is writing solo material and playing on his own he's also got a new group called the high hawks with members of leftover salmon and railroad earth yeah he'll talk about that with us as well
2: let's have a listen to an unreleased horseshoes and hand grenades track from their upcoming album country radio called cheyenne and then we'll jump into that interview
0: To understand We all just miss you Shy Use the fireflies for light When stars are under covers Then it's time to get a move on You don't know where to And everyone you know Seems far off in all directions when the night seems lost forever When the moon is almost new, then there's only that flash of light to shine on you Shine understand and I'll just miss you shy. remember your home when the world Ooh, seems darkest oh. when horizons are shrouded when there's nothing green in view and your mind is all caught up in a million directions when everyone's stranger when they treat you like one too let the memories of your family shine on you Let the wind blow your troubles To another place unknown To the bottom of the seas Through the secret sounds of dew And if you can't imagine how things Could ever get so dark When the sun offers no light When you haven't got a clue Let the wind be your guide to sky you shine.
5: What up, fellas?
2: Hey, how's it going, Adam?
5: I'm doing well.
2: What are you up to? Are you uh, you roaming around right now?
5: Yeah, you know, I think this has been the summer of the roam. Yeah, I am. I'm in northern Wisconsin. I was I got some fish with Russ yesterday, chasing some smallies, and uh, now I'm up here, uh, kind of in northern Wisconsin uh up north of point and i'm gonna go hit some trout water
2: all right oh man i'm jealous
5: yeah it's you know how it is what an excellent relaxer
2: yeah for sure and this is the the summer of plentiful opportunity to get out there and enjoy it as well
5: (laughs) true that
2: (laughs) so you've been um busy You've, you've even amongst the, uh, the odd times that we're in, you've been getting out and playing shows, you've been doing solo stuff. What, what have you been up to lately aside from trying to catch some fish? Well, you know, I've
5: been trying to focus on writing really. Yeah. And, um, early on, you know, in this pandemic, I, like everyone was just really just rattled by anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I'm over here. Yeah. And there's still that going on for sure. But I've sort of tried to put it into certain avenues. And I, I did like identify that initially, like, okay, what is going to keep me from essentially going crazy? And, you know, I, it's music and nature, you know, some juxtaposition of the two. So I started working on a solo album right away. So like the first month, basically, it was just me pounding out a solo album from like a makeshift home studio, ended up calling it quarantine tangerine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the tracks, isn't it? It's called Quarantine Cuddling Time is the last. Oh,
3: that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great tune, man. Just
5: a goofy thing, you know, kind of like thinking about how the pandemic could make or break relationships.
2: <laughs> It's a very real thing. Yeah, it's a great reflection.
3: I had a friend of mine ask me, she's like, uh, so, you know, are you guys going to be one of those couples that's stronger after the uh, quarantine? Or are right. you guys to getting a divorce?
5: <laughs> right. It's a trip to think <laughs> about, you know? And, like, that's also a reflection. I've been on a long-distance relationship, you know? And I'm not going to yeah. go fly right now. And, like, even driving a long way seems nerve-wracking and potentially... Uh, uh, Nerve wracking at best and yeah, and potentially irresponsible in other ways. You yeah. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, you know, um just kind of thinking about some of those goofy topics, but also the severity of it all. And so it was nice to put some some energy into creation that i feel like that's really good for the the anxious mind is like okay i create i release these things you know so just that kind of deal and then you know my second home has always been wyoming i was like a backcountry ranger there for four years that's right, yeah, I it, that. yeah, I love it out there. Bighorn Mountains in particular is where I like to hang out and um,
2: it's so beautiful. I really love Wyoming. Every time I drive through there it just it strikes me as just kind of a majestic land, isn't it?
5: I know
3: yeah, also like sort of enigmatic and like desolate too.
2: yeah,
5: yeah, it does It's got like these wonderful lush. Crazy features, you know, like the bighorns of Yellowstone or or the Tetons, you know. Oh, the Tetons, uh, yeah. But then it's got these crazy desolate flatlands, which I've also found beauty in, you know, and then these red oh, rock yeah. these red rock canyon desert things that are going on out there. So I just love Yeah, it. or
3: when you when you do like the South Dakota to Colorado swing with the band, we always drive through that southeastern corner of, of Wyoming. Yeah. And there's like Literally nothing there. There's like a town every 100, 200 miles, if you like.
5: That's a spooky section. It also has some like posse comitatus stuff going on. Oh, like yeah. s- some like real, like kind of crazy. Oh, that doesn't surprise super me. Super anti government stuff. Like I remember learning about that when I worked for the Forest Service because Wyoming's license plates are numbered and it tells you what county they're from essentially. Yeah. So we were to memorize the numbers of those counties over there because it was likely, like, there's so few people, it was likely that they would be extremely anti-government. We were to not make contact with them.
3: Right, because you're the feds. (laughs)
5: Because we were the feds. (laughs) You know, it's goofy. I was Federal Officer A424874. (laughs) Did you ever have a (laughs) run-in? Not with that situation. I did have a couple. I mean, I rode a lot of tickets when I was there. I I, I would hike, you know, 12, 15 miles and, you couldn't have fires back there you know oh, the main yep. thing and you know it's kind of part of the the nature tradition to have a fire at the end of the day and some people you know, really wanted to break that rule. And I, of course, believed in, it, in enforcing it because really it was detrimental to the crumb holes up there. You
2: yeah, know, it's conservation or, of the wilderness.
5: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, people have to burn things, you know. And you shouldn't burn crumb holes that have been there for a couple hundred years and are like three feet tall, you know.
2: <laughs> right yeah
5: short growing season you know so it was an interesting little gig out there but you know reminiscing about that during the pandemic i was like you know can i solo travel to wyoming safely and like you know is it responsible to do it and i ended up deciding that it was okay and we played a show horseshoes did down at driftless music gardens and i kept it (laughs) kept it together and I took off that night right after the show blasted clear to Wyoming on the 4th of July and stayed ended up staying for a month and a half just living out of my tent
3: oh, wow. that's awesome! yeah
5: kind of yeah. crazy so when I was there I I had the idea that night when I was driving out to that I would write a book about the travels because it was kind of a unique time period you
2: know with absolutely
5: coming from Wisconsin where you <laughs> kind of have like a 50 50 it's a swing state so You know, from a political side, you kind of have several different perspectives going on as it relates to, you know, what the pandemic means to society. And then you go to a place like Wyoming, which has this kind of rugged individualism thing going on. And you see how they react to the pandemic, you know, with a lower population density. I was like, you know, there's so much going on right now in this time and space. It might be a cool time to write like a little book as sort of a time capsule, so to speak.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just capturing the character of these locations as you're passing through them and reflecting on it. I I think that could be a a pretty good read. Dude,
5: that's the idea was like i'm gonna have these bizarre interactions probably with people yeah of course i did i mean i'm driving out there the entire time i'm thinking about this pandemic you know and like maybe my mind drifts elsewhere but the broad general perspective is like holy hell like how long is this going to go on how long will it be till you know we can go play a festival i mean you guys know how it's been with that sense of confusion and like into your two drive-ins, to your you know all that kind of stuff, and uh, thinking about that, and then I show up and pull into Ten Sleep, Wyoming, and go to this brewery. I was like, it's a brewery in the desert. It's all outdoors. I was like, I bet I can go there and feel. I'll feel it out. See how I feel. Well, of course, I felt terrible because nobody even believed that there was a pandemic going on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so that got scary like almost immediately. But I'm like fretting about this thing, and I get out of the car, and I kid you not. The first two conversations I have at a distance, the first one is about this dude who really wants to find gold. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa.
2: A prospector, eh? I, yeah, I'm like,
5: I can't believe that this is like what this dude's thinking about right now. It's just like going and finding gold. So that was kind of a trip. The second one was this dude who really wanted to date younger women. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is like, I'm like, it was that, it was after the conclusion of that little conversation that I was like, I will go where people are not. <laughs> and so I left that night, even though I had driven all the way to Wyoming, I left the place that I would landed to go to a Canyon where I knew no one would be. And I drove to the Canyon. And that's where I slept the first night in Wyoming. That kind of starts this, this whole thing concept of this book and this yeah various perspectives
2: yeah what a trip those guys
3: gave you a pretty good jumping off point i know it's like (laughs) this is what you dudes are thinking about like what on earth i mean there is like across the country it's like a stark difference you know really a pretty big urban rural divide and then like like you said where places where there's a low population density it's like it just doesn't even exist at all yeah
5: it's and it's it's not even like in some people's sense of consciousness right Mm -hmm. for me it's you know you think about it at least once every hour you know
2: (laughs) it's affecting yeah it's affecting just everything in your life to a degree
5: yeah like you know stopping and it's hard to travel because traveling means you got to go to a gas station Yep, you know and that's one thing that's been a little weird i found a found a lot of dirt roads to stop for uh, for restroom breaks.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> One of the joys of being a dude, it didn't yeah. really matter, right? So, yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. It's
5: been a, you know, a unique opportunity to try to see some light in uh, what's been a, you know, pretty dark time, you know, in the history of the world and you know, I think we're we're tasked with you know, that fine line between honoring what is a difficult and severe situation while also like doing what we need to do to be productive humans or to be good for, for society and good for ourselves and those we love. And I think that it's just been a time of unique challenges in that way as individuals. Absolutely,
2: And it's been interesting to see, you know, how artists, how, how our fellow musicians, you know this whole pandemic I think kind of brings out the true character of people it's it's kind of unearthed people's opinions and it's politicized things and brought like this heat to the surface that's maybe not been super apparent and and even with fellow musicians, it's kind of interesting to see like how, how people are busying themselves when we can't go on the road, we can't tour, we can't play shows. So I'm glad to hear you're writing and like keeping you know creative productivity going, and I, I love to see people dabbling in other aspects beyond just the music with this creative power that we kind of, you know, have. Mm-hmm.
3: It's so tricky. It's so tricky to harness it too. And, and, it and, and depending on the day, I feel like uh, witnessing other people's inspiration can either be inspirational to me or like detrimental to my inspiration. Yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. I feel that man. I really do. And it, it it's, I remember hearing somewhere through this journey of music, like somebody said, somebody I looked up to, I wish I could remember who said, you got to refill the well, man, you know, referring to the need to go experience, you know, if we just sit there and try to write songs all the time, perhaps that's stopping us from going out and experiencing some life and having some things to write about, you know, and the pandemic and the experiences thereof certainly provide some artistic fodder. uh...
3: just like what you said just not even the dudes you experienced right away in wyoming but just just driving out there and like the evident change of landscape and just like you know you're in a different you're already you're not in stevens point you know Mm. you're in you know western south dakota Mm -hmm. eastern wyoming and it's just it's a different landscape and that even that is enough to clean the pipes out a little bit
5: sure landscape is provocative Right, like, yeah, Yeah. I hear you. I mean, even like, I'm watching right now, man. I'm watching something weird is happening with these birds. There's like a bunch of birds, like, circling. It looks like they're dancing in the wind, you know. It almost (laughs) reminds me of a uh, that like a spark, like, if your set was like moderately or sparsely attended at a festival, but those people that are there are just like stoked and are just like flying around dancing on the grass. yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It totally looks like that, but you know those kinds of things like it's nice to put you know hit the pause i I think some people are calling this the great pause and uh i can identify with that for sure so yeah it's and it's funny man like i know what you're saying about like sometimes you'll see people creating and there's this like sense of like oh i need to be creating too you know like innately as an artist We feel inspired by other artists, but we also feel like a degree of push. For instance, Mm -hmm. you guys gave me your album and I was like, damn, this is so good. And it made me want to create like that album is great. I know I messaged you guys that, but like, holy guacamole. I was coming back from that Blue Ox or from maybe fishing the day after or something. I listened to that whole thing. I was like, this album is just awesome. Like, I love that album. So, oh, thanks Adam for the record.
2: I wanted to also mention you I gave you that album at the Blue Ox virtual fest back in June and you gave me your uh, low income porridge, your solo album that I also really enjoyed. And there's what like 18 tracks on there or something. There's a that, that's a beefy album.
5: <laughs> yeah, there's something like that. I don't know exactly how many it was, but yeah, you know, it, that album was was being created for maybe a year and a half. It's sort of when I realized that horseshoes would be slowing down our touring schedule, which um, was kind of welcomed by all of us. I mean, you guys know, it can, we were, oh, yeah. we were pushing, we were doing like the whole you 150 guys. to 200 yeah. dates a year and it was yeah. like, were road dogging. It's hard, you know, it really is hard. It's hard for your brain. And we were thankfully, you know, we've always been really good friends in the band. So it didn't really create issues that way, but it, I feel like it was hard and, and, bad for for my health personally like uh yeah mental it's, it's and not painful. healthy
3: being on the road not no. so
5: much everything I mean, from, from the a food, physical standpoint
3: yeah. and i mean for those of us who have families it's just like it's it's a lot of stress and a lot of work even oh as gosh, rewarding yeah. as it is it's so funny because i'll text i'll text laura early in the day before even like we arrive in a town or maybe we do a sound check and I'm like, God, I'm I done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know? And then like we'll have the show and I'll be chatting with people at the, at the merch booth and then I'll get out and I'll text her and I'll say, thank you so much for letting me do this. <laughs> I love yeah. this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So isn't it like like coaster? The
2: well, pendulum every day. Yeah. The energy.
5: I mean, you know, it's like you, you get up there and the day can drag and you know, like, that somebody said, you know, as musicians, you the money you make, which of course is scant, um, is yeah. is because of the difficulty of traveling. Really, it's not the music. The music is almost always just a total joy to make. But yeah, but the space between there, the the trugging down the old Pennsylvania Turnpike for yeah. however many hours.
3: Or what? Highway 94 through North Dakota, you know. I mean, oh, like,
2: cripes, yeah.
3: Or 80 through Nebraska, and you're just like, oh, my God, is this ever going to end? Yeah. The Flintstone
2: scenery.
5: Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, and you break down in Winnemucca, and, you know.
2: <laughs> Get stuck on a beach in Ogallala.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's funny. That happened to us, too. But Did it? Really? Real, like, I remember uh, <laughs> traveling through Winnemucca, and we had a day off, and, uh, you know, we've got that little blue bus that dodged Duramax diesel. Yep. And we were in that and uh, I Babe the Blue Ox. Yeah, we call it Babe the Blue Ox, exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah, because we got it, that whole thing came because that was the first place it went was the Blue Ox. That's
3: bus. I love that story. I was actually on my list of questions for you to tell me about that
5: <laughs> bus. <laughs> well anyhow we're in that and um, we've got a day off and I like to find like places for us to camp. They're kind of cool. And it gives us space to like get out. That isn't a hotel room, you know, where we can, yeah, yeah. In real nature. So I find this place and real nice place on some reservoir outside of Winnemucca. And there's these really nice fire rings, but there's no firewood to be found, you know? And I was like, well, we should drive back to that bar. We had seen a bar on the highway. And, like they probably sell wood because of this campground. And we get there and I was like, you know, it's like, this is kind of creepy. I was like, is somebody coming with me? You know, and <laughs> Dave, Dave's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You like come I'm here in. to
2: see a guy about some wood.
5: <laughs> yeah. So I walk in the front door and it's one of those like where you walk in and there's four dudes and they all turn, they're all like real grizzly looking. Like they probably oh, have, yeah. haven't stopped drinking whiskey for 25 years straight mm-hmm. right. all day, every day, you know, and, 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 uh, we walk in and they both look at us, you know, it's like, I think it was like three dudes, three old dudes and one old bartender. And they just all turn and look, you know, it's like one of those where the jukebox might as well stopped, you know, and, and it's, I remember they also perhaps had been smoking cigarettes in the bar for 25 years straight because it was a thick, thick fog of cigarette smoke. I remember, (laughs) I just like kind of sheepishly go, Hey, hey fellas, we were just hoping to, hoping to buy some wood. And this, this guy turns, one of the dudes, one of the patrons is sitting there and he goes, looks at the bartender and he goes, you hear that, Jim? And Jim goes, what? And he's like, they're trying to buy some wood in the desert. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: and they're like all just like, like <laughs> with these belly laughs. And I was like, this is so creepy. We got to go. We just like <laughs> they did, just like turned around and walked out. I
3: bet they had a good laugh at you guys. Yeah,
5: I, they totally did, man. But it was like, wow, we are in the middle of nowhere. Like, where do those dudes live? Do they sleep on the bar at night?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
5: Oh, man. Funny memories, memories of the road. You know, you guys know how that is. There's so many of those crazy tales. And that's part of what makes the road endearing, too, is, like, going out and experiencing some of those bizarre people oh, or places that really color the experience, you know.
2: Yeah, so, it makes it makes the grind, you know, it makes the grind entertaining and passable. And it just, yeah, it's, it's I thrive on it, honestly. I love traveling, but um, you have to learn to appreciate it in a lot you of do. ways and,
3: yeah. you know in in like contrast to you know like say so nate and cartier and i are pretty f- like physically active and whenever we get into a town we just like adventure team go if we're not hitting the bricks we're like finding a trail yeah whatever. and i remember kevin early on when i joined the band you know i always have a lot of enthusiasm when we hit the road and he cynically said Oh yeah, that'll, that'll pass, you know, you'll get tired tired of it. And I'm thankful and thankful to say I've kept that in my mind. And I mean, I I don't, it's not out of spite that I haven't gotten tired of it. I literally have not gotten tired of it because I always, it, it calls back to what you said about, you know, just the inspiration of it all changing your, changing your scene and just like getting out there to like, it just, it just helps your brain. I feel like, you know, to go out and, and experience new things and meet new people and just... Uh,
5: Certainly can can create a whole perspective perhaps or, you know, help to create a whole perspective, right? Like well, yeah, and living need, that and Kerouac need, dream.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we all need to broaden our minds now more than any, any time ever in our lifetimes, you know?
5: True that. I mean, yeah, you know, you look at our issues right now with polarization and, and politics and you wonder... If part of that is is you know not getting out there and experiencing some different micro cultures, you know we've got the right, broad American culture, but like you know what is it like to be a rancher in Wyoming? What is yeah. it like to live in the inner city of Chicago? Like, right, you know, and it's not that we get to fully immerse ourselves in these these things as traveling musicians. Of course, typically we see the the surface of them and oftentimes we see the finest kind of area or part of something without, you know, getting into it and seeing, seeing some of the difficult nature of areas, which, sure. yeah. which is interesting to think about, you know, me and Sammy and, and horseshoes have often talked about that. Um, but on a surface level, we do get to experience some of these places and it does, I, I feel like it helps to broaden our understanding Of what American culture is, you know, and the diversity within American culture and thus perhaps give us the ability to see across the aisle a little bit better. Like, oh, I see why I see why this is how this is. Like, I get it, you know, and that's healthy, I think. So traveling, you know, certainly can be good for the mind.
2: Yeah. It can teach teach everybody empathy to a certain degree.
3: We have a, a humongous lack of empathy these days.
2: It's bad
3: that
5: is the fun. <laughs>
3: really bad
5: yeah that's like fundamentally probably to me the most disheartening thing and you know we have to try to see across the aisle like that's what's gonna make this this ship turn around i think but yeah i don't know we could go down the political thing but i'll just, start yeah, yelling- no, I just i'll just start yelling about fascism well,
3: yeah, <laughs> nate and i have been remiss to even do a pandemic blue o- road to blue outs podcast just because
2: it's going to go down that road, you know, we, like, we know without even trying.
3: And yeah. are, we beating, are we beating a dead horse? But yeah, no, this, this show next week has really inspired us to, to do it again. And I'm actually, I haven't told Nate this yet, but I'm thrilled that we are doing this because it, it, it is like a, a sense of normalcy for me. I've been feeling
5: a lot of admiration towards folks that are using their creativity in this unique time. To continue to, to keep the circle unbroken, you know, to continue yeah. music and and to do it in a different way and to get creative. Like, I love that you guys did that that virtual thing and people loved it. People were so stoked on that. I, I was on my way home that day and I got so many messages on Facebook and text messages and stuff of people that were like, I really needed that. You know, music really, really helps people. I mean, that's part of that's the biggest reason I think that I've always been attracted to it was my the way that music has helped me, you know, growing up and and struggling, you know, with depression or anxiety or or just life's tragedy and having music there as a a gentle friend, you know. Uh, So I think it's important that we that we're creative. Uh, to to find these avenues I mean you guys everything with Blue Ox has been so great for so many years and to continue to be that gentle friend to, to folks who have supported the festival by doing these virtual things and and doing the event coming up this weekend I think that that's really healthy in the same way that I think it's healthy that musicians are getting out there and doing the 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 live streaming from their homes and and creating and writing music through it all like we we have to not allow such a tumultuous and difficult time to bring us down as a human collective. We have to take our skills and our our um, gifts that we have and still use them, but rather just adapt to the to the challenging circumstances that are ahead
2: of us. Yeah, man. Well said. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it, it very much. You know, if you think back to mid March and <laughs> like. Whew. Oh, there's like a, there's a thing happening. Oh, that's yeah. kind of scary. Oh. If you, if anyone would have told me in mid-March, like, Hey, this is going to go on until 2021. I think everybody would have just broke right then and there, you know, and like, yeah. but, uh, but it, it really is a testimony to how well we can adapt. And, you know, as, as he is a species, we can kind of improvise and, you know, and, and alter a collective consciousness you know, better in some than others, but, uh, you know, kind of to create a togetherness out of distance. And it's, it's been inspiring in in a lot of ways. And uh, however, also pretty hard in others. And right. I mean,
5: it's a unique opportunity for us to, to start to make some of these changes that maybe we're aware of in life. Like, you know, we need to take care of fellow man. Like I hope, that right. people that people are able to, to let their um, like sense of love and care for both the world that we live and for fellow man and take that that understanding and and do research appropriate research to cast the appropriate vote coming this November you know to to, hear, to, hear. to vote in people that are reflective of our, our sense of compassion for human beings. You know, I think that that's really, really important. It's something I've been thinking about lately. But as you guys know, it's an interesting circumstance that musicians have to, you know, we, we maybe don't want to be too preachy about politics or, right. you know, but at the same time, like I personally, my heart tells me that I have a responsibility to remind folks of compassion and of love and how that can guide our decisions as individuals.
2: And I mean, right now
5: we need that more than ever in this world, you know?
2: Yeah. I think it's, it's a responsibility as um, somebody who's in a public eye with a, with a voice, you know, I can encourage positive change and and positive direction is, is definitely something that uh, there's an impulse to just let the good times roll and pretend like everything's honky dory. But, there's a little too much there's a little bit too much honky and honky dory. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's well that's well said.
0: Wow. Um,
3: my friend bought me a print uh, an artist made it says the revolution is love and I mean it's just like I mean that's what that's what it is man it just comes down to love and and empathy and compassion and I don't know how we're going to get there but man if we just keep on that message we have the mm-hmm. ability to bring people together when we can when we when we're allowed to do it and yeah just gotta spread it we gotta spread it like a virus
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so you know I don't know I, I' I remain grateful for music and and it's you know its ability to help folks get through challenging times I mean for instance like I already oh, brought sick. it up once but that that per that Pertner album has some heavy stuff going on on it. You know, and it's great for that. I, I, like, teared up listening to some of those songs because they're just so real. And and they really, you know, I I just think that that that's the most beautiful part about uh, making music is, is the idea that it could be helping somebody. Like, for instance, I got this Facebook message randomly from this dude who, like somehow happened upon i was doing this this live stream every monday night uh for like i think it was for 10 weeks i did it um during the pandemic and this dude happened upon the live stream and he had told me in this message that he was on facebook and he was going to take his life he was like really not doing well and not feeling good and he happened to go on Facebook and stumbled upon the live stream and hit the button. And he said that the live stream and some- like, I can't remember what I had said, uh, but it made him see some light and not do it. Wow. And I was just like, that is the most beautiful thing, you know, that that I had heard in a while. I mean, obviously, it was you know, uh, uh, is concerning to, you know, to some degree, of course, but like also it's good to be reminded that your music can help people and that, that it's important that we um, that we continue to create. So the, so people have that um, as a resource,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's a eerie reminder of, the ripple effect, like the impact you can have on other people in this world, just little things you can say and do can save a life. True that.
5: True that. Right. And I mean, that's, we, we, uh, we're all in this together, you know, and we're like our, our ability to be there for one another sure is, uh, it's, it's more important now than ever.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Like like you were saying, in the small ways, we can try to get people together. I'm I'm really thrilled. This, you know, when we did that virtual festival back in June, it kind of spun out of this idea. Like, well, we're having an album release. Let's do it at the campground. Let's oh, let's why don't we broadcast it live? Let's give them you know, it turned into this the miniature virtual blue ox, and I'm glad that it has amounted now to a series of mini festivals where we can actually get a few people together uh, from the local community in Eau Claire and a uh, broader more broadly in Wisconsin but I uh, want to thank you guys for being able to do it and and uh, join the festival here next week if you're if people are listening to this podcast it's happening in days from now yeah Is it August
3: so. 28th and 9th?
2: Yeah. Well, so. it's, an,
5: it's an absolute pre- pleasure, guys, to be part of those. Uh, it was well, a pleasure. Yeah, I to, mean, to you guys are
3: – I, I was telling Nate when we were doing uh, a little bit of recording uh, the other day, you know, you guys have been to every Blue Ox and you often play the late-night stage. And it's like you guys are an integral part to it. And even backstage, I say you're an inter- integral part to it because you guys have – Babe camped out. I mean, a little bit different last year or the, the previous year, but in previous years, you guys are kind of like the backstage headquarters, you know, back uh, <laughs> back, by the, back by the food tent. Everybody knows they can stop into your little just campsite. Having way
5: too much fun back there, Yeah, man. Exactly.
3: Yeah. If you need a, a shot or just a BS for a while. You know where to go. Only- yeah. Yeah. Well, man,
5: it's like, that's such a joy that that festival came to Wisconsin. It was like Wisconsin was ready for that festival. And, you know, it really carried on a tradition. There used to be the old mole Lake bluegrass festival, which I hear great stories from like, you know, Ronnie McCurry and Vince Herman and, you know, a couple other, the, the, you know, the older kind of bluegrass legends
3: talking about
5: hanging out with their heroes. at Mole Lake. (laughs) And here we are, you know. Uh, Sharing the
3: stage with Victor Wooten and Bella Fleck. Or, yeah, yeah, that kind
5: of stuff. Like, just or epic. Sam
3: Bush, yeah.
5: Epic memories, you know. And we're back there. Like, I've seen, you know, see you guys talking. To, you know, people who I'm sure you really look up to. Like, you know, remember talking. <laughs> Meeting to, like,
3: Del McCurry. Yeah, they'd say that's up there.
5: Sam Bush, you know. I met Tyler Childers there. He was on the bus. Because, you know, backstage it was, it, there was all... Um, high quality beers and i saw yeah. him looking at the beer trailer and he turns to me and he's like man i just want a shitty beer <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh i got a shitty beer okay. and we, you know, i ended up <laughs> i remember hanging out with him for quite a while and then of course you know i listened to his music not long thereafter and um now these days of course he's a he's a country icon you know blowing up yeah just just killing it awesome music awesome songwriter but you know it's been so good for us, not just from like the performance standpoint. I remember just some, all those shows have been so fun—the late night and the main stage Thursday show—just great memories. But it's also been conducive to to the development of some awesome friendships and some awesome experiences. And I remember, oh yeah, having, having Sam Bush sign this old new grass revival album too late to turn back now, you know, and him, (laughs) him talking about making that record and hanging out with Hartford. I mean, you, there's no way that you could, you could put any value to, to those memories and how much they mean, uh, for somebody who loves this, this greater bluegrass music scene,
3: you know, and that kind of leads me to, to ask you, I mean, railroad earth, you know, Tim, Tim Carboni you know like you guys are now in a band together I mean I can't I mean you guys did you guys meet on the road did you open for them or did you meet at Blue Ox or
5: I don't remember when when or where we met um, but we definitely hung out a lot at Blue Ox um, maybe we uh, met maybe we met there we definitely were on the road doing some opening things oh sure For for railroad at some point I can't remember exactly where we met but yeah you know Him and I hit it off. Um, He's a very interesting dude to talk to. He's got a lot of um, knowledge, you know, and a lot of memories and a lot of opinions. (laughs) And and so he's fun to talk to. But, yeah, the High Hawks really kind of came from, um, you know, some of these road friendships that we're talking about. And, you know, Chad Staley – who plays keys and great American taxi and hardworking Americans um, you know, with Todd Snyder and Dave schools and mm-hmm. a couple other bands. And he moved to, to lacrosse and him and I started, you know, colluding about the possibility of making like a country rock and roll band. And meanwhile, I was becoming good buddies with Vince Herman who mm-hmm. had been playing years ago in the Great American Taxi with Chad. So they were good friends. And so the three of us were like, man, we should make we should do a do a project. And I can't remember who said, well, what about seeing if Tim wants to do it? And everybody, you know, made the calls. Everybody's like, hell yeah, let's do it. And, um, you know, talked to Brian Adams from Dead Fish Orchestra and Great American Taxi and and Will Trask from the taxi. And he's he's kind of a hired gun around Denver and -hmm. there we go we had a band and um, (laughs) we booked some shows and you know just hoped it went well and went up to Vinny's house there um, above Boulder he lives up on the mountain and um, we hung out at Vince's house for like you know three days and made material and uh, brought we each brought songs and so we're doing all these original tunes and um, it's really fun to do to be making music with some some of my musical heroes who you know these guys hung out with like like vince tells a story about walking into a hotel room and it was hartford and vassar Clements fiddling and you know him going out and leaving leaving listening to that to go roast a doobie with uh rambling jack elliott <laughs> 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 <What>? <laughs> and it's just like what on earth this is a real this is real life you know and uh it's cool to hear those stories you know and uh to be part of that that oral tradition that's been the my favorite part about aside from making really fun music with the high hawks it's also to just be part of that oral. oh tradition. yeah just to uh, sit
3: in the room and listen yeah
5: yeah. And you hear that stuff and be inspired by it. And, you know, yeah. the comical stories. And, and there's just a lot of wisdom there. You know, like, t- you know, talking to somebody like Tim Carbone or Vince Herman about music and about life on the road and what it means for your relationships outside of music and there's just wisdom there there's a lot a lot that us younger fellas have to have to learn you
3: know oh yeah i remember sitting in the in the in the green room with jerry douglas up in duluth just kind of just in awe and like just to ask him one question and then then he'd roll for like 15 minutes on stories and and related topics it was just it was so great
5: yeah gosh that's cool that you guys got to play with him and then of course sam bush and like yeah. you know it's just created so many opportunities blue ox has you know not yeah. just for for you guys but you know we're lucky to have gotten some of those incredible opportunities and then there's younger bands yet that are coming up and and you know used to attend blue ox but now get to play
3: it like
2: yeah the Armchair Boogie, I, you know? I really
3: i really love that part of it
2: yeah me too you know, I I love the loyalty that Wisconsin has, Minnesota, you know, as people traveling from across the country every year. So I, I feel honored to have anything to do with organizing it.
5: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody works so hard to make it happen. It's really cool to see,
2: you know, how hard
5: um, Mark Bischel, you know, and, yeah. and of course, Mark Gehring. you know, how how much effort goes into it and how much thought and then you know i'm sure you guys have a lot of thought and effort and stuff that goes into it but you know it shows too there's a reason that it's a well respected festival is because it's well run and it's well thought out and people really dig that i've thought to myself it's it's interesting like what you must see some kind of analytics (laughs) regarding like where people are coming from like is there a lot of folks that come from outside the midwest or what does that look like
2: we track it. The last time I really dug into it, I think there was two states of the union that were not represented in the audience. And really? So, so people people make the trek, and, you know, there's a crew that used to go to Telluride every year who's, you know, such like the Potluck String Band is an example, like yeah. used to go to Telluride every year and like, well, hey, Blue Ox is closer to home. Let's, you know, or, yeah, or people they're, they're they're driving they're- from the East, it's closer to the East Coast, you know.
5: Yeah, I met those guys. One of those dudes in Potluck String Band I met in Telluride when I was 18. Aniwacking with Vince Herman, that's that deal where he... Uh...
2: Aniwacking, yes, I know of this. <laughs> yes,
5: Anowacking. I've been Aniwacked and I have anawacked.
2: Well Can you explain it to people who maybe are not familiar?
5: <laughs> yeah, so Anowacking, you know, it's a strange thing. And really it should be explained by the one and only Vince Herman. It typically occurs late at night with a jovial crew of merrymakers, typically led by Vince Herman from Leftover Salmon. And you basically go and you gather around somebody's tent, preferably somebody who you think may not be super angry that it's occurring, per se. (laughs) Yeah, right. I was going to say, that sounds tricky. (laughs) It is. It is tricky. And it has angered humans, I know, because Vince (laughs) has told me about this. But, you know, there's a big group of merrymakers that kind of surrounds the tent and um, then proceeds to play the anowak song, which is—it's a fairly obnoxious process. Uh, you know, I've got um, mixed feelings about it overall. Being somebody who requires a solid eight to ten hours of sleep a night, <laughs> so I have some empathy there for the anawakee. However, yeah. the Aniwak-er sure has a hell of a lot of fun doing it. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
3: well, I hope I hope to someday be anowak and oh. to also anowak
5: Wow, I will put that in the Anahuac bank in my yeah. brain. Next uh, time
3: we can all gather at Blue Ox. I hope to be on that list.
5: I'm telling Vince Herman about this so he can – because <laughs> he, he should get you proper, you know. <laughs>
2: I can point out his tent. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Good. So,
3: Adam, before we, we, before we round up, we always like to do kind of a little lightning round, uh, like a, a series of questions that you can either answer quickly – refuse to answer or expound on sure um, love it to start how old is babe the bus i mean not to you you guys have had it for like five years but how old is that bus
5: Ah, uh, it's prehistoric oh god
3: that's that is incredible
5: yeah, it's got magical quality. Well, I,
3: I figured you—you you know when it when it enters the grounds, you can definitely see an aura. So that's yeah. I was, I was curious about that. Um, kind of
5: a burnt orange-looking aura. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, who drives the most?
5: Well, these days we have our tour manager Lynn, oh, yeah. who okay. who frequently drives the bus. Uh, if it is a band member, it's it's either uh, it's usually Russell actually. He is a uh, bit ADD as we travel, unless he's sleepy. And so he likes to be engaged in something. I see. And then who sleeps the most? I do.
3: (laughs) Very quickly.
5: You know, I've I've got a thing where there's a little curtain even, so I get a nice little cool dark holler back in there. And I'll, you know, turn on some of that meditative sleepy podcast kind of stuff and just kind of zonker right out. I'll literally sleep all the way into the destination every single day.
3: Man, that is a luxury. I don't know if I can pull that off.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, Justin's the driver half the time in our in our van. Yeah,
3: and that is partly, yeah. partly because of ADD and partly because I don't always trust everybody else to actually drive, so.
5: Yeah, well, that's part of it, I think, for Russ, too, and I mean – i have had to surrender like that's one fundamentally intense and real feeling about the traveling thing is that you do put yourself in like slightly you have a slightly higher risk for being, getting in a car accident yeah hey, i
3: don't think, I think it's possibly. slightly
5: higher i think it's considerably higher <laughs> yeah i'm trying to tell myself it's only slightly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh who is but, always yeah.
5: late? who's always late um sam
3: yeah throw somebody throw somebody under
5: the bay bus there oh i have to put a quick story on that (laughs) sam has a fundamental difficulty with directions sometimes like like north south east west like and i know this from backpacking with him Mm -hmm. it was like we were constantly arguing about the direction because he like gets backwards in his mind for whatever reason it's just one of those things and he called us once and we were in a hurry. It was one of those days where things could not be late. Right. And he calls me and he goes, "Well, I'm going I'm going to be late." I'm like dude, are you serious? <laughs> like, like upset, you know, like this was not a good time to be late. He got on, he got off the interstate to get Culver's with... <laughs> he, he, oh no,
3: and he got back on the wrong
5: way. And drove like really, really far oh. before he discovered that he had been driving the wrong way. And it's like, man, the dude cannot, he, he does not eat junk food. He's an organic farmer. But for some reason, the guy cannot pass Culver's. <laughs> like, he, he just, like, he loves the shit out of it. And uh, this time it bit him, you know?
3: That leads me to another question in the lightning round, then. So it sounds like you can't pass the Culver's without stopping. Then what is the uh, preferred roadside gas station? And I'm looking for a very specific Wisconsinite answer here. <sighs>
5: Well, it's obviously Quick Trip. <laughs> Thank but, you, <laughs> but but on in the grand scheme of things, we do loves a lot because they got them roller tamales.
3: Oh, Ooh. I see.
5: Yeah, see, this is this is yeah. another
3: window into the the less than glamorous life that is traveling on the road. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those those roller tamales,
5: man. If there was one on my road in Stevens Point, I would be there for like, <laughs> you know. No, I do like the loves.
3: Loves is a very, I mean, true to their name, they really do take care of you love.
5: They take care of you. And, you know, Quick Trip is is pretty awesome, too. For you Quick Trip users listening to the podcast, (laughs) one interesting thing that we discovered is that you can call Quick Trip, any of them, in advance. And any sandwich that they have available at any time, any food item that they have available at any time, you can order in advance.
2: Wow, that's that's pretty convenient. If you
5: call ten minutes or more in in uh, advance.
3: That's,
2: uh, and that's so.
5: That's the thing.
3: That's very nice.
5: I I hope that I've helped someone today in this <laughs> podcast.
3: I know the them coolie boys right now are yelling at the at the podcast saying, "Duh, we knew that for yeah, years." Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "We've known this for years." They're <laughs> like,
5: "You silly gruel." <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right who's the who's the whip cracker who who's like hey come on we got to go hey what what are you doing
5: that depends that can be me or I, I oftentimes do need the crack whipped while at a festival right or trying to catch a plane or like you know i when i'm at a festival i tend to have too much fun and be the guy who uh right. has a difficulty getting on the bus and colin will be the one that's like come on guy but uh Lynn when we started working with Lynn that helped with the whole thing cuz then she would be like we go now.
3: Yeah, that's it's you know? actually nice to have somebody who is not a member of the band. Cause then that's their job.
5: The authoritative figure, yeah, like who, you, and you, you cannot argue with Lynn. No. She's doing what we need to do. You know, mm-hmm. It's
3: like D from Trampled. He's—he <laughs> was—he's—he's he's very adept at that. I—we I, witnessed that. He cracks me up too. Yeah,
5: because those guys are kind of tough with that. You know, they can be. You know, having fun and oh, and having
3: uh, having traveled with Ryan Young, you know, his gas station stops. He, it, you know, between the cigarette and the and the food inside and the bathroom, it's like we we're not supposed to be here for a half an hour yeah yeah i know isn't that funny i know one
5: time man because we've got those bunks in the bus now all of them have curtains and so one time we uh we're driving down the highway and like we're we're talking about something i don't know if it was like the set list for the night or maybe where to stay trying to make a plan and I'm like I don't know. I'll ask Sam, and I go in there. I pull the curtain back. <laughs> Sam's not in there, uh, and his classic. phone is laying there on his bed. Oh um, damn! I'm like turn around, and and Lynn's like what? And I was like there's there's no Sam. <laughs> oh. And we we're like a ways down the road, like probably 30 miles. Oh yep. So we got, we pulled back and Sam's standing there just with this look. Like, I think you know, he has a pretty good sense of humor, I can take things pretty light, but I think he was kind of pissed. Yeah,
3: I mean, that, <laughs> you know, that would because, be pretty annoying to have to wait that long, too.
5: Oh, yeah. He's like, nobody knows that I'm not yeah. on there. Seriously, like that's how loved I am right now. (laughs) So yeah, Trample.
3: I I gotta uh, add on to that. Trampled has a a tactic now because that happened to Ryan. They all have to put a set of keys on a seat, and then they know that everybody's back in the van or the bus. Really? When all the sets of keys have been picked up from the designated seat, or it's something. That's good. That's something.
5: We could do a clothes pin or something like that. Yeah, the hall pass. (laughs)
3: yeah that's awesome all right um continuing on we know obviously that we haven't been playing shows uh maybe if you if somebody said you get to play one venue in one town in the next you know three months and it's going to be a normal magical show with all the the green room perks and and you know you get to talk to to fans after at the merch booth and there's no covid what town and 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 maybe what in maybe not just what town but maybe what venue would you really really want to go back to right now
5: central waters brewery man right 20 minutes from my house hometowner yeah Yeah, you know i mean there's obviously all kinds of cool places out there but but the fact that like you know that show is a special place in my heart it's just it's we play it once a year and you know it's a really big community event everybody kind of looks forward to it yeah they, i love those. I look for, look forward to it too and I, so i
3: love those yeah
5: i think it's fresh in my brain because you know we we're going to have to cancel our we typically do like a big halloween show there and yeah we'll we'll
3: have to cancel it that's uh, one, of best, one of the best one of the best breweries around too
5: it is yeah oh boy i know it man it's it contributed one winter i you know, they have a beer at a HHG APA called the Americana pale ale. Yeah.
3: I know that. And, uh,
5: I love it. It's a good, it really is a good beer. Like I, I personally like it, but part of that relationship is that like, you know, if I need to go grab a keg, they, they'll cook it up, you know, nice. and, um, one winter I got a, quarter barrel of bourbon barrel (laughs) stuff oh my god but that between me eating i'd also discovered that you could put cheese on a on a cast iron skillet and set it in the fireplace for a second and it made like a kind of like a like almost like a cheese curd kind of looking greasy like i don't know it was just super good so i discovered that and I had a ton of bourbon barrel stout. And I packed on some waste <laughs> that Or that winter, man. I was playing Scrabble, eating cheese, and drinking way too much yeah, that, bourbon barrel stout. Oh, that stout is <laughs>
3: thick, too.
5: Oh, gosh, so thick. I ended up looking at the the health things uh, at the brewery one day. It was like 400 and some calories per beer. Ooh, yeah i was like oh my god i was like i've been drinking like three of those a night while i'm playing scrabble i'll keep you warm in the winter <laughs> yeah it's like well no kidding that makes sense
3: um all right so who you been listening to right now
5: um ian
3: tyson
5: ian tyson's a canadian country singer he's still alive but he's probably you know late 80s he was Neil Young liked him a lot. Okay. You know, just, just kind of ranching and, like, Western-style songs. Nice. Uh, and then, you know, some uh, some Tom Russell. He's a Texas songwriter. Uh, really like him. And then the fiddler Bruce Molsky. Yep. You know, has been great lately. He's got that song. It's like, sit down, buddy, we'll drink and smoke. Honey, don't you cry for me? I probably listened to that song like ten times last night.
2: Um, <laughs> He's great. I love Bruce. And,
5: and then the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Oh, yeah. I love that that sort of country Americana vibe. Um, you know, Guy Clark, another Texas songwriter. Yeah, one of my faves. And uh, yeah, so mo- that's that's mostly been my focus. What else? Oh, uh, Chris Christopherson's his freshman record is like so so good so that, that like
2: hit nashville hard and that came out as well didn't it sure did because he's such a unique songwriter such a poet yeah kind of altered the country music scene after that
5: sure did sure did what a brilliant brilliant artist so you know i've been listening to that a lot i was listening to some par you know some charlie Parr. uh trying to think what else in the terms i always like listening to the drive-by truckers that was the show that i loved I love that that show is at Blue Ox. Yeah.
2: Uh, that was one of my favorite sets of, of uh, Blue Ox history as well.
5: And you know what else? I can't believe I haven't mentioned this yet because this is probably what I'm listening to the most. Turnpike Troubadours. Oh,
2: yeah. They're good
3: stuff. Yeah.
5: Holy moly. Evan Felder's a wicked good songwriter. That would be an awesome Blue Ox band. <laughs> yeah, we tried to Turnpike get them. You, you've tried? Yeah,
3: we, we pitched it. I think uh, I think we pitched it two years in a row. It just didn't work out schedule-wise either time. Oh,
5: Oh boy, would that be just incredible. Yeah. Oh, that would make me so happy. I've still never seen him, but I listen to their records constantly. I just think he's a brilliant songwriter. Like just writes a catchy tune.
3: Well man, that's all I got for you for, for uh for lightning round. But man, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with us, you know.
5: Man, my pleasure. Nice to hear some some familiar faces. Yeah,
2: it's been great talking with you, Adam. I hope you guys enjoy the uh festival this coming weekend. I'm looking forward to tuning in and watching it.
3: Make sure everybody, much so
5: looking forward to
3: it. Everybody out there make sure you check out the High Hawks and Adam's solo stuff and of course the expansive horseshoes library. Yeah, well, I you. will. I will see you next weekend. I'll I'll get. I'll have the pleasure of introducing you from the stage. Um, oh, great! Yeah, so I'll be out hanging out. I'll bring my guitar. Maybe we'll maybe will jam.
5: That sounds great. Next stage, I, we I can hold
3: to- it down where we usually do. And
5: <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, I look forward to seeing you. And and Nate, uh, you know, when this everything settles down here, I suspect we better go chase some golden trout.
2: Oh man, I would love that. Anytime. I'd love to host you out here in California. <laughs> oh
5: man, I would love I'd love to be out that way It'd be, It'll be great to see you both when the time comes Alright, take
2: wow. care brother Alright Adam, take care
5: Thanks so much
2: Alright, I tell you what, I am really excited to watch that Virtual festival this weekend Thanks to Adam, thanks to Chicken Wire Empire and Armchair Boogie For the music
3: You know, this isn't our typical podcast Or a typical vibe, but we just wanted to get Something out ahead of this weekend And let you know that we're thinking about you And we love and miss you all, and we really hope to see you soon. And those of you who we will see in the coming uh, weekend, we're very excited to do so, and uh, you know, we hope everything weather-wise works out. We can have a good time, and so thank you all, and uh, we love you, and we miss you all, and stay safe out there.
2: Well, we're going to close with another unreleased Horseshoes and Hand Grenades track. Thanks to those guys for hooking us up with some new music from their upcoming album Country Radio, a track called The Devil's Trash.
0: His heart again, no more water laying in a dirty dog house. I wait right here long as it must. Soon to come, this moment's past. Best kick out the devil's trash. <laughs> as long as Benny roots my mind. This moment's fast This us kick out the devil's trash Moments past Let's kick out the devil's trash Moments past, best kick out the devil's trash.